This is Downsizing with Dave Goodman. Hello again. Well, it's been a few weeks since we last spoke and quite a bit has happened since then. It's New Year's Eve and I've just got back from Covid dodging in Colombia. This year has been immensely difficult for so many people. And for me, as you know, it's been a huge year of change. This time last year, I weighed at least 116 kilos. And as we go into the new year, I am 32 kilos lighter at 84 kilos this morning. It's another milestone for me on my way to a target weight of probably 80 kilos, maybe 77 if I can make it, which is the cusp of normal and overweight BMI. And I've been really settling into my new diet over the last few weeks and months. When I'm not eating empanadas in Colombia, I'm sticking to pretty healthy food choices, mostly meat and veg, very little carbohydrate generally, and actually, I can't even eat very much carbohydrate now. Things like bread, which I would have enjoyed before, pretty much a no-go. Couldn't have a plate of pasta now if I wanted to, a whole plate. I mean, I would get through a little bit and I would be immediately pretty full. Rice is okay in small amounts. Pastry, like things like empanadas, well, that's easier to eat, actually. Probably because it's a bit fattier, it goes down quicker and easier, and it certainly fills you up. And being away for the last 10 days uh, actually reminded me more frequently, I think, than being at home, that I actually do have now a very small stomach and a limited capacity to eat at one time. You have to make a lot of different food choices when you're traveling, particularly in restaurants, so you don't end up eating just a few forks of a huge plate of food. And eating on an aircraft is also very strange now. And more than once on my travels, uh, the crew were trying to take my food away, (laughs) thinking I'd finished, because I was taking so long to eat it, essentially. And you know how small those little things are on an aircraft. And I can't get through just even one of those little hot meal trays anymore. And of course, now I have to wait 20 minutes until after I eat to drink anything. That also extends the whole process. And when you sit on an aircraft looking around you at what other people are doing, you see how quickly a normal person eats. And it really brings it all home that now I have a very different stomach and a very different life. Usually when I'm at home, I only put what I know I can eat into a bowl. But when faced with normal sizes, normal portions that are given to you, even on an aircraft where you don't get an enormous amount of food, you have to be really careful, I think, not to overeat because that food is there in front of you. If it's not in front of you, you can't eat it. 
But while it's there, the temptation to keep going is really strong. And on my holiday, I had a lot of soft foods, I think, probably more than usual, less meat, because it's just easier to eat than trying to tuck into local food, particularly in Colombia, where it was very much meat-based, things like roast pork belly, just too much to try and get down, really. But I did have to explain to quite a few people I was on tours with why I couldn't eat any more than a small piece of this or that, and why I haven't drunk that delicious fruit juice that's been sat in front of me for the last 10 minutes. I walked past several burger restaurants as well while I was on holiday. And if you've been following my journey, you'll know that burgers are one of my weaknesses. And now, actually, I just walked past and looked at them, particularly Burger King, one of my old favourites. And I thought, I just can't eat that anymore. And it's actually a really good reminder about why I had this operation. Because I know that if I'd lost weight the natural way with the old diet and exercise... And then I was just free again to eat what I liked. I would be all over the burgers again. And I'll admit, I did have one. I did go into one of these burger places because it was the most convenient thing to eat at the time. So I ordered a burger menu. And it was the first time I've done that, I think, since the operation in September. And to be honest, I couldn't really touch it. I mean, I couldn't eat the bread. I didn't touch the buns around the burger. I had about half of the meat and some of the cheese, a bit of tomato, a few fries. But again, once you got through all of that, and there's not much of it, you can't eat the rest of it. There's a lot of wastage when you buy a big burger meal like that. And to be honest, you know, I would have once upon a time guzzled that down pretty quickly. And now it just won't do. So in general, when I'm not traveling, I'm sticking to protein and veg, and that hasn't really been that hard. But what is difficult is the lure of the sweet stuff. Because I kind of thought that post-op, I would be cured of my sweet tooth. Well, I hoped I would. But it's still there. It's still there. And that is the biggest battle I think I have now. Staying away from sugar and sweet things. And I've been discussing it with my psychologist as it's really brought to the fore the fact that as well as having the physical restriction to help now, so much of making a success of the weight loss long term is still very much down to willpower and self-control. Sweet stuff goes down really easily. So I have to really fight that urge to eat cake and chocolate and biscuits and all this stuff that is so easy and tastes so good. Now, I'm not stupid, and I'm not throwing away all the gains that I've made in the last few months, but it is still a battle. And weirdly, it's the same battle that you fight when you lose weight naturally or without an operation, choosing the right foods. Having a new, smaller stomach can't do that for me. And I told the psychologist that I felt really guilty when I eat sweet foods. And she helped me to understand that, of course, a little bit of what you fancy is okay. Binge eating is not. And she did say that it's better to have small treats more often than abstain for ages and then guzzle as much Ben and Jerry's as you can get down you. And actually, I've not bought any of that since the op. 
I've walked past it in the supermarket deliberately because I know if I don't have anything sweet or bad or processed in the flat, I can't eat it. And so not having it here is much better for me. But although the sugary pull hasn't changed, my lifestyle really has immensely changed over the last year. And I'm cycling most days now. It's the middle of winter, it's harder, but I love getting on my bike. It makes me feel better about having the odd treat as well if I'm exercising. I really enjoy it. And the last few days when I've been away, I've been cycling loads in cities around Colombia. Sometimes 12 miles a day at altitude. So it's been pretty impressive for me anyway. I've really enjoyed it. It's opened up a whole new way of exploring new places for me. I used to just walk around cities and now biking is just much more fun and much more energetic. I haven't yet worked out how many calories I need to eat every day and how many I'm burning when I'm doing exercise. I just know I feel better for exercising and mentally I feel so much happier with myself now because what I see in the mirror doesn't disgust me anymore. And knowing that I'm treating my body better by getting exercise, I feel more like a normal person, if that makes sense. Cycling to see my surgeon has become a familiar activity for me, as you well know. A few weeks ago, I went to see him again. He's six and a half miles away. And being a little late to set off, I manically pedaled there to be on time, although I still was a little late he gave me precisely nine minutes of his time after that six and a half mile bike ride. And he'll probably bill me for the full 15. But that aside, he gave me the results of some blood tests, which were the first that I've had since the operation. And they showed that mostly I am doing fine when it comes to vitamins and minerals in my diet. I am taking supplements, of course. He said that I was a little low on vitamin D, but that 80% of people are low on vitamin D, and it is midwinter right now. But I'm also low on calcium, so he's given me some tablets to build that up. And I was very pleased to see that I did not have any other deficiencies at this point. That means my diet is technically okay right now. Again, he wasn't concerned about the feeling I get when my stomach is empty, this metallic taste I've mentioned before in between meals. He said he wouldn't do another gastroscopy, in fact, until a year after the surgery. So that's next September, despite telling me I'm pretty sure that he would do one six months later. But I've come off the acid inhibitors now to see if it makes any difference, to be honest. And generally, it doesn't to the actual metallic taste and that and a weird feeling that I get. As I say, when my stomach is empty or when I'm between meals, but I'm not getting any heartburn or that real feeling of acid rising, which I'm sure all of you have had occasionally. So it's good to be coming off the medication and I've reduced my asthma medication as well. Clothes-wise, well, T-shirts that I bought about six weeks ago in size L are now too baggy, as are my 34-inch Gap jeans, which are generously sized, of course. But this is a great feeling. It really is. 
to feel things getting looser rather than getting tighter. I still haven't cleared out all my old clothes because I'm sort of scared to. It's a really weird psychological feeling, I think. If you get rid of everything, what happens if you become fat again? There's a thought in the back of your mind, and this is probably the same for most people who've lost weight, that you will need those clothes again, despite the fact that you don't ever want to wear them ever again. I guess there's always that devil on your shoulder telling you that you failed before, so you're going to fail at it again. And obviously, nobody wants that. I don't want that. So I'm slowly getting rid of my old clothes. And most of them I didn't wear anyway when I was big. But it is a weird thing that there's a sense of being too smug, too overconfident if you just clear out everything you used to own in one go. I'll buy some more fitted stuff, things that fit my body shape better in the spring when I've reached my target weight, or at least I've settled down and I know where my body is going to stay at, because it's changing so rapidly at the moment. One good thing, if there is anything about COVID in particular, is not needing many clothes right now. It's not like I'm doing a lot of socialising and don't need much to sit in front of a webcam with. I'm wearing stuff now, actually, that I last wore 10 years ago, for heaven's sake, and one t-shirt that I bought when I first lost weight 12 years ago. But it's great. Some of those clothes are even loose now. So there you go. At the beginning of 2020, I began seriously exploring having life-changing surgery to lose weight for good. I could not have imagined back then that as this year drew to a close, I would have lost over 30 kilos, over five stone, and I would feel so much better about myself and my life and my future. As you know, if you've listened this far, it's been a long and quite scary journey at times. But looking back now, I do not regret any of it. To misquote someone far more eloquent than me, this isn't the end. This isn't even the beginning of the end. But it might be the end of the beginning. There's plenty of hard work to come when this honeymoon period of relatively rapid weight loss ends. Then, like most everything in my life, it's just going to come down to me. I will return to this podcast in the future if there's anything major to report. But for now, I want to say thanks for coming on this journey with me. I'll always be grateful for the support that I've had this year. Downsizing entirely alone would have been so much harder Until the next time, bye for now.